0: This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5.
1: For an entire generation,
0: people have experienced Star Wars the only way it's been possible, on the TV screen. But if you've only seen it this way, you haven't seen it at all.
1: This is where the fun begins. Chewing.
0: We're home. Hello there. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome to the Blue Mill Cafe. Grab an empty stool at the counter, order a cup of Jawa juice, and a nice slice of yogin fruit pie and get ready because we're about to talk all things Star Wars. Good morning, my sister. welcome back into the cafe. This is episode one thirty-eight. I'm your host, Jeff.
1: And I am RFB.
0: And this weekend we are up to the sequel trilogy. Starting out yep. with 2015's The Force Awakens. And gonna talk about before we actually get into to the meat and potatoes of the episode where we're talking about our memories. And whatnot of uh, Force awakens. We are going to uh, or RFP wants to talk a little bit about Clone Wars, and then we are going to talk about well, we remember when we heard the news that Disney bought Lucasfilm. Mm hmm, so, a couple, a couple things that got us RFP, from. Return. If you want
1: to go with yeah. Clone Wars, if you if want,
0: want, to want to go ahead and start,
1: yeah. Um with our short little stretch just a few years when I want to say is it August 8th of 2008 we were given what took place right after and not in order they were kind of out of order what took place after the Battle of Geonosis was what started three years of the Clone Wars and were introduced to quite a few new characters. One amongst was a 14-year-old Taguda girl who turned up to be the Padawan to the Chosen One, Anakin Skywalker. And for the next six years, we got what's now over 140 different episodes of those three years and I know folks just kind of still asking for a little bit more, but I can't see where there would be too many more stories you can fit in that three year period that leads up to Revenge of the Sith. But it started out with I want to say it was three or four episodes that were kind of put together in a film and put in the theater and I can remember I didn't go to see it. I didn't get connected up with Clone Wars till right now when we're getting, let's say it was a year before Force Awakens when I got this year apartment and got me a laptop and started pirating stuff up. I went and dove into Clone Wars then. And I've seen all of that multiple times over and over. But Yeah, there was Clone Wars that now is there's there's parts of our fandom that literally came into the fandom because of these stories yeah. and they, they, school, they schooled themselves on the original trilogy and everything that came after that so there's right. more than just one way into star wars fandom
0: yep every generation has its jumping on point mm-hmm. uh for my for my oldest Nephews, nephews. It was the prequel. Um, Mm -hmm. Or my youngest nephew and niece. It's the sequel trilogy. So every you know generation has to jump at one point, and as long as they jump one, that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. And like we always say, you don't have to love everything. You don't have to be like me and love everything. You can. You know, if you don't like something, don't watch it. That's as simple as that. Give it a shot. you don't like it, you, know, you don't have to finish it. No one's forcing you to finish it. So, yeah.
1: Or the, as long or as we or get more and more fans every year. Yeah, so. or be like me. It's not that I don't like The High Republic, it just, for some reason, it doesn't speak to me. I don't know why. Right.
0: right. Yeah, it. You yeah. know, like I. Hey, um, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show or not I'm trying to What's think up? back I probably have but for me uh I, it's not that I don't like Thrawn as a character he, when I first met him in Rebels because I'm not a reader um, it, he just didn't hit me the way I thought he would hit me because everyone would build up my expectations which I try not to do mhm but everybody I was reading on Twitter and Facebook and stuff was still not like this really you know, strong, cool character. And when I met him in Rebels I was like, Okay, I said that was kinda cool, but I just didn't see the appeal. But I I'm excited to see him in live action in the soccer stuff. I can't mm-hmm. wait to see that because I'm happy they got the blues actor that did him in Rebels. I'm glad they got Lars Nicholson because that's one thing that I love about Thrawn was his voice.
1: So I can't yeah, now wait to see he's him in line live in action. Now he's going to not yes, just be his voice. He's not going to just be just the voice. Now he's going to be right So we'll see. Yep. We'll see if he sells himself over to you that way. If maybe the animated exactly. form didn't hit you, maybe the live action might.
0: Exactly. That's what I can't wait for. I really want to like get into this character, so hopefully Lars will bring the live action performance around and I'm I'll be like, Yeah, they're right, he is a pretty damn cool character. So
1: <laughs> we'll see. Mm hmm. Let's see, we gotta talk to the clones and then Bounce us four years after that on the day before Halloween, October 30th, 2012. We were dropped some really big news, something nobody, maybe the only one saw it coming was Bob Iger and George Lucas.
0: Lucas. Uh,
1: yeah, he had had enough of fandom and was done telling stories and he wanted to give it over to somebody that he thought would give it a good home and give it the care and attention that he himself would give it. So yep. he, sold, he sold Star Wars to Walt Disney World or Walt Disney Incorporated, however, whatever the name of the company is. And right. from that on, we've had a whole new slew of fans <laughs> just like us that are very fortunate yeah. enough to be putting together and making stories that are not just the films. Now we have them on streaming and about a whole bunch of new characters and includes other ones we're familiar with. And we got even more stuff coming in years after that, once we get through this writer strike and yeah. after. And, and
0: George really did take a suit company, I believe. I know there's some people out there that don't like anything Disney has done, but in my in my opinion, he did sell to someone that it is in good hands, and oh my God, did they do something with it? And I don't think they plan on stopping, and I don't want them to stop. Um, all this, these questions floating around Twitter or in Facebook. Is this too much Star Wars? I say no. There's no. Not uh, there's never nothing, no such thing as too much Star Wars.
1: No, it's a uh, galaxy. No. And how big is a galaxy? How many stories are in that? There's a million more characters we could be introduced to in stories from out of nowhere. It could be anything. Right. Yeah, and then it, it was. 12, 13, 14, 15. Four more years, and I can't remember exactly when. I want to say it was right before Thanksgiving is when we got the, the, the trailer for...
0: The teaser, that first teaser.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I feel it was that, in November sometime. And yeah, it was...
0: Uh, yeah, I was going to say, the image that sticks out to me in that trailer was Kylo Ren with the hood on, Looked like he was walking off his ship into the snowy forest of, um, Illum there and mm-hmm. like light his lightsaber up and that cross lake came out. I think I freaked out. i <laughs> uh, never seen a lightsaber like that. No. It wasn't stable. It was crackling. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this character looks so badass. And I think I used that, that image, that image as like my, Twitter heading photo for like, maybe like four or five months after that trailer. <laughs> but yeah, that was so cool. That's the one that stuck to me the most. I got two, I still get used when I go back and watch it on YouTube. So yeah, it, that first trailer was awesome. And of course we had a trailer that dropped at Celebration with the Chewy Wear Home moment. Mm hmm. And oh, I that think I freaked out on out. my couch, just like everyone yeah. freaked out. That was in that uh, exhibit hall. So I was just like, holy crap.
1: But, that set the yeah. world on fire. I can remember watching that, that, that live stream on my first iPod Touch. I didn't have my own internet here, so there were different hotspots that I could go out. And I literally, for the, I want to say it was three days, for... The first celebration in Anaheim, their very first live stream they ever did, I was sitting in my car with my iPod, and I had to plug it in so it wasn't killing the battery on, what is it, a little two- or three-inch screen, watching every panel that they put up. Yep. Soaking up every little bit of information on that. Yeah, and then...
0: I was excited to meet the actors that were bringing these new characters to life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, truthfully, the only actor out of all of them that I actually heard of before was, um, Oscar Isaac. So mm-hmm. He was mm-hmm. the only one mm-hmm. I hadn't really heard of. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay. Oh, I said, I like him. Mm-hmm. He's cool. And right away, right when I saw him, right when I heard that news, he I'm like, Oh, I said, he's he going to be like a folk Hans Han Hans Solo, you know? Mm-hmm. But no, he's a, he's a badass rebel pilot. That's what he was.
1: So funny, uh, watching, so funny watching him walk out when they introduced him and he was talking about what it felt like for him when he was told he got the part and he said he was grabbing like a shampoo bottle and flying it around like it was an X-Wing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's one thing I like. The this this new group of uh, actors and characters. It seems like they were legit or we're saying. Especially um um John Boyega. Listen to him in interviews saying how he grew up watching this stuff. It just you know, gave me a huge bump. I'm like, at least we have, you know, actors that yeah, they're into this. So
1: mm-hmm being that kind of nerd going on set with his 12-inch Han Solo and Hoth gear asking Harrison yeah. if, he'd, if he'd sign it.
0: <laughs> right. But, yeah, it, it was amazing to see him all out. And, of course, um, Daisy Ridley, I mean, how can anyone not love love her? Um, mm-hmm. I've seen her in interviews. She always says the right thing. So, uh, it just, I just can't wait for that new movie with with her and the Jedi Academy. I don't know what it's going to be called, but as of right now I'm going to refer to it as Jedi, Jedi Academy. So, I can't wait to see what they do with that. I can't wait to see if John Boyega is going to come back and have, have a cameo in that. There, there are rumors out there that he's going to do that. But I, I don't know. We'll have to wait
1: and see. Well, Jeff, I think last week I went first with when I went to see ROTJ. So, when do okay. you remember? What do you remember about going to see in Force Awakens for the very first time? Okay.
0: 2000, December 2015. I, first of all, when they announced the release date for these movies, I, for one, and I'm original trilogy fan. I for one was happy with the December releases because to me, Christmas and Star Wars went together because that's when I got all my toys and I was a kid. This Christmas yep. So Christmas and Star Wars for me go together as one effort. Yes, they coming out in December, a holiday event. I, that year, I asked my nephews, my two oldest nephews, and there's, and my niece, their sister, which is younger than both of them, if they wanted to go to Sea Force Awakens with me, because my uncle, when you guys, you know, my uncle used to take me to movies all the time, and I want to start taking you guys. And I think he's so, next three Star Wars movies, be a great opportunity to start doing that. So we all agreed, I think, I think I said last week uh, that, um, I forget which one it was, Revenge of the Sith I didn't, was the only Star Wars movie I didn't see opening weekend. That wasn't true. Force Awakens, I wasn't able to see opening weekend. We went the following weekend, I think it was the weekend of Christmas, I think. Um, I think it was a Saturday after Christmas or something like that. Um, we went, and it was... Theater was still kind of crowded, and we get there, and it was only my one nephew and my niece. My oldest nephew didn't go. He was he was at that age where he wanted to go out and hang with his friends, so it was just me, my one nephew, my niece, sat there, watched the movie. We came out, and my nephew proceeded to tell me how much he loved it, and I said, "Yeah." that was really good. I said, I didn't have, I didn't set myself any expectations. I said, I really enjoyed the movie. There was humor where there was supposed to be humor. And it was, I thought JJ did a really great job. And a lot of people, when they heard JJ was going to do it, was kind of iffy about it. But I really enjoyed, you know, JJ's take. He did a really good job. Not many, in my opinion, not many lens flares. That's what a lot of people worried about. All mm-hmm. lens flares. So, but yeah, it was a really good movie. And yes, I did have I teared up at the Chewie were home moment. I teared up at the end when I saw Luke and Daisy just standing there holding the lightsaber out to him, on. and I it, that just topped it for me it was the very end of the movie where we saw Ray and Luke there on the top of Octo and her and the lightsaber to film. and yes, I know I'm going to probably get crap for this but I enjoyed the helicopter shot I really did, it was something different mm-hmm. all the other Star Wars movies ended on that still, you know, shots and then iris out I really enjoyed the, the difference with the helicopter shot I had no problem with that so, I, you yeah, know, after I, that's, that's the first thing I mentioned to my nephew. I'm like, that's the first time I think they've done that. Usually it's just a, still a store and then it irises out. But I really like that, you know, helicopter shot. That was cool. But yeah, how about you? What do you remember?
1: Oh, okay. What made this really special for me is over the years, as my girls were growing up, being kind of like their we'll say Deadeye master with them nerding out all different things with me was this is the first time that they got to go watch a star wars with me or i get to go watch it with them so right right when the all the different tv spots and and trailers and stuff were dropping there was some kind of thing on the internet, I don't know if it really exists or not now, that I found that I could rip stuff off of YouTube and keep the video files for just me to play back whenever. So I got a hold of every one of those little spots and by this time, me and the second missus were, she went her way, I went my way. And that was her choosing, not mine. So then it was just me, so I, every other weekend, I would get my girls would cut I'd pick them up and, and get to spend a Friday night and a Saturday and a Sunday with them. So that first weekend they wait, waited and didn't want to go see it with their mom. They waited, wanted to go see it with me so we could see it together. So we'd spend all through from that November till the next, till when it came out, watching all these different spots and things and, and guessing what does this mean? What's this going to be? Because I was already following, this is when making Star Wars started. And this is when Jason was getting his podcast off the ground and getting spoilers and things. So I was following them. And then just like up to now, over that whole year, stuff would get slowed down a bit with him. Because he got him a whole much of that, everything he could. So whenever I went to the theater, anything that I had heard him say was the last thing on my mind. Cause then after okay. I to watch it a few times. Then I go back and we'd and look at everything he found and see how close he got. But yeah, going to see it with them for the first time, and then whenever I could get a hold of a pirated copy of it before DVDs came out, because I was sort of going more digital with everything then. Yeah, and getting to watch that was just the best that I actually had yeah, yeah I didn't have really have too many other nerdy friends I always had my girls yeah and they just loved everything about it yeah. and then we took it apart and, and do different little trivia stuff with each other and then they were sharing like I was saying last time they were sharing and listening to a bunch of my different pods with me and we listened to different folks opinions and stuff about it yeah it was one of the best times
0: yep and i remember my nephew too elbowing me when finn and ray were making their escape and they were running towards the quad jumper mm-hmm. and right when the quad jumper got blown up before ray even said it he elbowed me in the ribs and went william falcon
1: uh the jungle no. do
0: yep and i was like yep and it gave me a few fun. I think I may even get a little teary-eyed just seeing the Falcon. So, but yeah, everybody in this movie, I think, did a really great job. I mean, I even love um, Domino Gleason as General Hux. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people, they were put off by him from his performance in The Last Jedi. We'll talk about that next week, but I just love his performance in all three movies. I was kind of sad to see him get shot, but hey, you know, he betrayed him. So, what do you think was going to happen?
1: So, <laughs> kind of got coming to him,
0: yeah. But, yeah, I really enjoyed his performance, he did a really great job. Like I said before, Daisy, Oscar, and you know, John did a really great job too. And oh, that's right, she doesn't get introduced to Last Jedi, so we'll save that for next week i said gonna set in Marie um, uh, Tran, but she doesn't get introduced till next week, so we'll save her for then. But yeah, and and I love BBH. I didn't think anybody else could steal my heart like Archie did when I was a kid, but BBH just there's something about him that he he had. The sass, just like R2 does. Mhm. I mean, that part where Tito had him in a net and Ray was freeing him and after Tito started walking away, you could tell PV8 was cursing him out. Like, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, he's just great. I mean, if I could, if I could have, I would have gotten when the Sphero BBA droids in this movie came out but they're in I would have been running that all over my house having my dog chase it but, yeah
1: just couldn't afford it so now I know it would have to be mostly folks of our generation kind of felt like this was just an updated retelling of A New Hope
2: yeah
1: and yeah. I always I know that was going to come up yeah I, I've always said that history, even in the galaxy far, far away, can repeat itself. Right. right. Yeah, and, yeah, and I didn't really see it as a new, a new Hope 2.0. It was its whole own story told in its whole own way.
2: Right. Right. Yeah.
1: And I never
0: subscribed to that either. I didn't even... That didn't even enter my mind when I was first watching it. Next day, I went home and listened to a couple of different podcasts, and they had mentioned that, oh, this is just a new hoax redone. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about it. I'm like, well, kind of, but not really. Um, you have all new characters, and you can go ahead and go, well, Ray was Luke, and Finn was... On or in, you can say what you know, put the original trilogy characters into these new characters but that's not who they were they were their own One individual characters and um so yeah, I just don't yeah, but every Star Wars story does have a hero's journey and if you think of it that way then every Star Wars film after New Hope was just a New Wars. Hope retold. So, every movie, I think, in Star Wars has a hero's journey. Rogue One, we followed Jin on her, her hero's journey. Mm-hmm. We followed Han in Solo on his hero's journey. Mm-hmm. In, in the sequels, we were following Rey, Finn, and Poe on their hero's journey. In my opinion, there were three of them in the trilogy that we were following. So, yeah, and to me... You can't you can't compare Kylo Ren to Darth Vader. It's not that I I don't like Kylo Ren. I thought he was awesome. I thought Adam Driver was amazing. Um, But everyone was saying, "Well, yeah, Kylo was just Darth Vader." No, he wasn't. Kylo was his own. He never. He's not a machine to begin with. He didn't get burned up. So yeah. But like I said, you can't compare Kylo and Darth Vader. Um, that's just
1: what he called apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Did he follow the, one a thing. similar? Did he follow a similar path to what his grandfather did? Yeah, but in a different way. Right. And and it's just that Luke
0: chose not to fight him. He he thought about the last second. He, he thought about it. He goes, I can't kill him. He's my nephew. And he didn't, you know, he didn't leave him by a river of lava to burn. Mm-hmm. So, but no, that 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 incident that we saw in the last Jedi, yes, that's the thing that sent Kylo over the edge, most likely to the dark side, and kidnapping or taking some of the Jedi there at the Luce Academy with him. And I I do think that some of those Jedi that he took with him became um some of them became the Maestra Wren. But I you know yeah. He followed this sort of the same path as Darth Vader, but in his own way.
1: There was uh when we got that first little trailer in November, there was another little meltdown that some folks in our fandom had when after finn ejects himself from that tie fighter because it's going down and he pops up and some folks had i think it was more racial haters because how could a stormtrooper be black and i always thought oh yeah how would you ever know we've never seen stormtroopers take their buckets of course, they could be black. And it then, could what be we? Women. Yeah, they were women. There were women mm-hmm. that, that came off those landers that went to two and all and shot it all up. There were women stormtroopers in those ranks. Yep. So, that was, Captain
0: Phasma. Mm-hmm. Um, and that—that's maybe the only thing. I wish that was a little bit different in the sequels that they gave Captain okay. Phasma a little bit more to do. Yeah, there was lots of but Her armor all. was so badass. Because when we first saw saw an image of her, I was like, oh, this is going to be kick-ass.
1: So, Fun fact, that you know, armor. Since I know you're not a book reader, do you know what, it's chromium is what it is. Do you know where she got it? Because it is told, and it's told okay. in a story.
0: No, I do not.
1: That comes from the Delilah Dawson novel, Phasma, which takes okay. ten, 10 years before The Force Awakens. Where she's from, um, Brundle Hux is the one that brought her into the First Order. She's from, oh, okay. a, she's from a planet that if you're looking at the the galaxy map, and I dig into mine every now and again pretty regularly, if you're looking at the galaxy map from the core worlds, and you kind of go galactic northwest-ish, sort of, a planet called Parnassus in the Outer Rim, pretty close to Wilds, or the Unknown Regions. Um, Hux was on one of Palpatine's yachts, and the hull of so that ship made of chromium. And for some reason he was near Parnassus and the planet had an out of date defense system that shot the shuttle down and they crashed on Parnassus and ended up coming across this young brother and sister, which was Phasma, and goes through the story that when she goes Back to the First Order, she goes back wearing some ill-fitted, white, regular First Order Trooper armor, and then she takes a, a TIE fighter and goes back to Parnassus, to where Brendel's ship was crashed, and strips off quite a few plates from the hull, and takes it to a factory that was abandoned on Parnassus, and made her own armor. So, even though she goes by, like, the title of Captain, she's actually more in the First Order like a high-ranking general.
2: Hmm.
1: Out of the, the trio that was Kyler and and Armitage Hawks, yeah, she's the third of that trio. That's that is cool. It. Yeah, it is. I just had that story a couple of weeks back that kept me much company on my Monday workday because I didn't have enough pods to fill out a workday. And probably my ninth or tenth time listening to that story, it's a good, fun story.
0: I might have to give that a listen. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, if I'm I'm sitting here saying I wish I wish we had more fast in the sequel trilogy and here I go and go listen to that. So. It's a
1: fun story. Turns out that she ends up being one of the ones that takes Brendel Hawks out. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's we. That does some.
1: Her and his, her and his boy Armitage. Yeah, they kind of conspired against him and took him out. And it really would not want to go out that way. So yeah, when you listen to that, that's oh, that's some kind of story right there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Regardless of you know what people think of. The Force Awakens and the sequel tells you all together. said that the beginning. If you don't like something, you don't have to go back and watch it again if you don't want to. But just let us fans that actually do enjoy the movies, you know, let us enjoy them. Let us, you know, tweet about it or, you know, talk our mind about it on uh, Twitter and social media without getting any really hateful backlash
1: so. mm-hmm. and yeah, also keep in, in mind
0: started doing is
1: blocking people. also keep in mind that just like us original Gen Xers and the prequel kids there's a generation growing up this is their Star Wars let it be that mm-hmm. for them
0: exactly I, I, I think they even said it back when the prequels came out Because like I said, those are my, that's my older nieces and nephews. That's their Star Wars. That's where they came in. So, let them enjoy that. So, and I've actually had some prequel era fans tell me that, yeah, we we don't watch the original trilogy much because we think it's boring. See? Their opinions on our Star Wars, Mm-hmm. Than what we hoped it would be. They, some of them think it's boring, you know. But hey, that's fine. Let them, you know. That's their opinion. Just don't, you know, attack them for saying that. I've seen Gen Xers attack some prequel era fans about saying stuff like that. So it's kind of when you go on social media, you have to one have thick skin you have to learn what to like what you want to react to which i react to none of the hate or negativity i just keep throwing by it or like i've said it those kind of fans and i've had watched a couple of fans that were part of the fandom menace I've actually actually blocked a lot of those guys. They were, you know, commenting on my tweets and stuff and just being hateful. So, you know, you you can't avoid all that stuff on social media if you try. I guess that's what
1: I'm trying to say. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially for the Twitterverse. It's all about who you follow. Right. You find the right folks. If you line up with them and they line up with you, yeah your timeline will look be a lot more fun yeah and
0: that's where I think I'll probably get my timeline too and even though I am sort of spending more time on um, that the new one that just came out well, a couple, a couple of weeks ago I guess the threads mm-hmm. I have been hanging out over there that that is, that is more I'll give it this much as of right now it is more chill Um, You don't get a lot of haters over there yet and I'm pretty sure you know that they'll find their way over there one of these days And you'll just have to start ignoring them over there. That's all Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm I'm starting to get on my social medias where it's a I I don't dread going in thrown through the timelines
1: So in the way of merchandise How much more since Force Awakens come out did your collection happen to grow? A little bit? Somewhere in the middle? Just a little bit, yeah.
0: Just grew a little bit. I'm not much of a traditional collector. Because I think we're... Everyone should know this. We're we're both openers. We open our toys. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I can't remember... I know I got t-shirts out the yin yang that year for Christmas so it's mostly it was mostly of clothing and apparel I did get a couple um, like action figures from my wife for Christmas that year I actually got a 12 inch Kylo Ren which was pretty cool I was able to pose him and stuff but yeah I, it, it, it grew but not actually by my own hand. I don't think I bought one piece of merchandise on my own. They were all gifts for that Christmas. And that's another thing I liked about the summer release. It's brought Christmas morning, it's brought back opening Star Wars stuff.
2: hmm
0: so, And it continues today, even though there's um, no, no movies coming out for a while. Every Christmas since The Force Awakens, my wife has gotten me at least like five or six Star Wars items for Christmas. So,
1: yeah.
0: It actually brought my childhood back for Christmas morning.
1: Yeah, I remember back then, my youngest girl was, as she was getting a little bit older, was having some small spots with depression. So she was all bought in on Kylo Ren. Oh, Every Kylo Ren. So, yeah, when it so came it was to email. Stuff, mm-hmm. Which, I, I got I got that. Yeah, yeah. She'd, she'd sit and do all kinds of different sketches of stuff with him, about him. Um, yeah, definitely had... She was all things Ray, too. She was kind of a little 50-50. So, yeah, it was definitely going out and hunting up, getting her the three-and-three-quarter-inch stuff. And she'd always leave them matter of fact they're still here she never took them that way they'll always be here whenever she came over and then she had her own at her mom's place too yeah and it was all about apparel stuff for them too mm-hmm whether it was and yeah, socks you name it Yeah. ball caps
0: uh, I think I'll probably have to wait to talk about This when we get Rise of Skywalker, but it's it was speaking of apparel, but we'll talk about that when we talk about our memories of seeing Rise of Skywalker for the first time. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, coming up over the next few weeks. Yeah, this is the one time where Star Wars was really unloading because for the next five years we got a film. That wasn't just fitting in with the trilogies, but even showing us more new things going different directions in different parts of the timeline
0: yep
1: yeah after sequels uh, we still got Rogue One to hit Solo to hit yeah well there there we go after after
0: Rise of Skywalker we will probably go to Rogue One talking about that
1: and after that, we'll do solo. Yeah, that's a plan. Let's yeah. see, what else was going on after that? Or around that time? Uh, oh, that's where I ended up switching up jobs, too, because I got let go from the crappy job that I had and actually got into a really decent one. I can remember. No, I got to hold that off for TLJ next week. Can't talk to that yet. Uh, yeah. yeah, after watching the celebration stream, spending the next couple of weeks go going back and picking the different panels. Yeah, I even ripped them off of YouTube and had them, I think they're on my extra on our hard drive off. Take a look at that later. Yeah, I saved the next couple of years worth of celebration stuff that we got. And me and the girls who go back and watch different parts of them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I think I have a a playlist on my YouTube account that just called Star Wars Celebration, and the panels that I I enjoyed, I added them to that. I can I can go back and watch many times. hmm And I think the Force Awakens panel. Uh, this has actually put me in the mood to go back and watch that, so I can experience that. You know, I'm showing the trailer for the first time, and you hear the crowd's reaction. Yeah, you know, that, that, that's always a good thing about, I guess, nowadays, with everything being digital and whatnot, everything's there. The only way you can't find these panels is if Lucasfilm where Star Wars decides to take them off of YouTube, but they're out there if you search for them.
1: That's kind of hard to believe. It's what's Force Awakens now is eight years old. Two more years, it's going to yeah. be ten. Wow.
0: Yep, and that, that'll be a big celebration, most likely. Celebrating ten years of Force Awakens.
1: That's the one that'll be in Japan.
0: That's That's right. We'll be excited yeah. to celebrate
1: it. It'll be exciting to celebrate it, but again, it's welcome to take its time getting here. Yeah, we're moving along fast enough as it is. But
0: yeah, that, I just have to get by because, like I said, there's going to be some early, early nights or late nights, or early mornings or late nights when that. Uh, Japan celebration happens.
1: Yeah, if I thought Britain Britain's this year was early enough, wow.
0: Yeah, that was only five hours. But yeah, this is going to be something. But yeah, I mean, not, not much left to say for me, but the one thing Force Awakens did show though is how because, yeah, Ray claimed herself the pilot. We heard when she they were running. And Ben says, we need a pilot because we have one. And so when she got in that Falcon, yeah, she had trouble at first. But that stall out move, because the gun was jammed. And flipping the Falcon upside down for to shoot the last TIE fighter. That was some pretty damn sweet
1: pilot. Yeah, Ray's Be ready and Finn's like yelling back at her for what? For that. Yeah. Now, something else that right. comes out. I was just about ready to use that phrase that I borrowed off of Jason Ward when he's finishing up a, a Making Star Wars live stream. Which I'll hold off on. Um something else that okay. we got a couple other things that we got at this time were leading up to the film was Lucasfilm Publishing called it The Journey To. And oh, a couple strange. of new things were um, there was a, a book that had three short stories in it and each story one was about Ray, one was about Finn, one was about Poe. Um, the reason that Ray was such a good pilot is because among some of the stuff that she'd scavenged up it's not an audiobook book him. I did have it found some way of swiping it off a kindle and i think i read it twice i have to go look it back up and and i'll look in my books folder and see if it's still in there is some of the stuff that she was scavenging up there was like a a smaller flight simulator that she used to play around with that's how she got to be the good pilot that she was and i can't quite remember the the post story but the finn one was one of the first times he ever only went into. Any kind of combat situation, twice that I remember. And the two-in-all village was the second time, which is when he decided he was done. Right. Yeah, went through some of his training, and I can't remember his TKID, but the one friend of his that gets killed on Jakku is in that story. Okay, yeah. His name, he, he, they give themselves nicknames. And his was slip. Um, okay. some of Finn's training was also with hand to hand weapons, like swords and whatnot. So yeah, he's very, very proficient. He was pretty fortunate to stand up to Kyler and for as long as he did. Yeah, right. there was that. And then the other thing we got was the first of three stories that leads up to the battle of Jakku. And introduces us to some new characters that we, we get to see the grown up version of on, that are in the resistance on the car with Snap Lexley. We get introduced to his mother, Nora, who's a great, fantastic character. She was a Y-wing pilot at the Battle of Endor. Um, yeah, the aftermath story. We get to see Temin, I think he was like 14 or 15 year old, and his repurposed B1 battle droid that he built, called Mr. Bones. Fantastic character. He's like a murder black. And Temin programmed him with some military stuff. Um, He mixed in a bunch of goofy different things that Bones could go and do. Even some ballet kind of he, he would do these goofy different moves through the story when he was taking up uh different enemies that were given 10 and 10 a hard time so, yeah if and i know folks at the time said that chuck wendig's writing was in some kind of was written in some kind of way that star wars stories have never been told that just there was a big meltdown that folks were going to Amazon and, and giving one star ratings and stuff like that I never had one issue with I just took that story as it was told to me All right and yeah that we got that that was a, a fantastic story because I wonder and looking at seeing the Inflictor was the Star Destroyer that um, Ray was scavenging in that was one more story that came out at that time, was Lost Stars, which most folks really hold that story. That's the one that Claudia Gray wrote about um, Sienna Ree and Thane Kyrell were two young kids on another new planet, Jelican, that's not too, too far from Parnassus, up in the northern part of the galaxy. We get their story that they grow up, they get to meet um, Grandma Tarkin, when the Empire is first coming to Jellican and putting down roots. And then they both decide to enlist in the Empire and they graduate from the Academy on Coruscant. Okay. And then Bane gets separated from Sienna. She gets posted on Darth Vader Star Destroyer The Devastator. And Thane gets posted on the Death Star as a Tie Fighter pilot. Huh. Neat little points in the story. He's he's among some of the crew that gets sent to Dantooine after Leia straight up lies to Tarkin about where the Rebel base is. Yeah, Thane's in that part of the story, and then he gets to see some of the things that the Empire was doing. And he makes his mind to, to makes up his mind to. He's leaving, so he spends about a year away, ends up crossing paths with Wedge Antilles and becomes part of the Rebel Alliance. Yeah, that story is a fantastic story and it ends right at the Battle of Jakku. So there's a bunch of different points that that battle's told in. It's not just the the Battlefront. It's in Aftermath, it's in Lost Stars. And it, I go back and revisit some of those every now and again because they're just great stories in my opinion.
0: Now, actually, before we wind this all up, I just remembered there is one more thing about Force Awakens that it was a hot topic when the movie came out, everybody had their different opinions about this, and it is, did BB-8 give uh, Finn a thumbs up or the finger? <laughs> um, when I first heard that I was I like are you kidding me he gave him a thumbs up but In now a way every time I watch it I'm like well did he actually give him the finger because, but yeah So actually what do you think was it a thumbs I up should, or was it the finger
1: I could see that now that you that hadn't crossed my mind before because when I first saw it I always thought it was good job buddy thumbs up But now that you mentioned, yeah, with the whole little going on and a little bit of tension between them two before that, yeah, that could be taken either way, I suppose.
0: Right, and just how quickly he like retracted it right before Ray came back up out of the the pit there where she was fixing the the gas leak. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just. I, like I said, it never crossed my mind, so after I heard it on podcast, I was reading it on Twitter, I'm like, oh my God, that could actually be true. If, you know, it could have been the thing, but I, I, I like to think that of, of it as he was just giving him a thumbs up back and saying good job, but, you know, that's just one of those things that might be one of those so worst topics that's debated for years.
1: That's also the first time I got a weird little one that's weird little quirk with me that um and I still hear it and I'm yelling back at people talking to me from the past that happens more often it was the first time when that in that same discussion that put Ray down in that pit that to go and undo that is when Finn said that the stormtroopers' masks filter out. Mm. They don't filter out toxins. I'm thinking a mask covers a part of your face. A helmet covers your whole head. And yeah, even recently I've hearing other folks go back and saying and referring to a helmet as a mask. I'm like, it's not a mask; it's a helmet. They're two very different things. Yeah. Just a weird little quirky thing with me. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Aside from that, the the Jason Ward thing I borrow is I think we did it. Yep. Yep.
0: Now, I know you you mentioned it last week after we hit the stop button that mm-hmm. you had forgotten to give a podcast recommendation. So, uh,
1: so
0: I don't want to forget that this week. So do you I have recommendations was... for anyone to see?
1: Let me see, because I don't have my iPod sitting right next to me just now. Who can I pick? Huh? Oh, I'll pick some of our... Um, some boys our generation that do they do their shows with live chats usually way too late for me because they're way over on the left coast so it turns out to be about 11 o'clock our time right. and that would be Marco who is Darth Moocher Chris Friends, and Scott Solo and that would be the SARLath Digest Three fellas that are our generation that know their Star Wars very well. or just know Star Wars very well. They're, they can get into some really deep, deep stuff. And they look at it in a really smart way too. Whether it's films or right now they're just getting ready to get set for Ahsoka. They're diving into rebels. Sober okay. deep. Because they want to get set for what's coming with Ahsoka and Ezra and Sabine. So yeah, they're, if you're looking for some listening, it's some good stuff with some folks that get deep into stuff. Yes. Our like digest is it.
0: Yeah. Well, I will, I'm, I'm going to give a suggestion out this week. It's a, uh, one of our fellow Red 5 Network podcasts Mm -hmm. and he is the founder of the Red 5 Network and it's not just Star Wars they talk about all things pop culture Mm
2: -hmm.
0: the Scarif Scarif Podcast with Ro go go check it out he always has a great topic every week yes they do talk about Star Wars but like I said they cover all pop culture if you're into that kind of stuff, so... Did you do... He s- always has thought-provoking topics that make a good discussion. So
1: Did you do this week's episode? A as well. Did you do this week's episode of Scarab?
0: Not yet. Still in my post. Uh,
1: do you know what the topic is?
0: I didn't even look ahead, no. I just said download.
1: Like the original Planet of the Apes. Uh, yeah, they... Okay,
0: that's why... That's why he asked the Plan of
1: the Eighth question. Okay, mm-hmm. and oh, also, it, I, that's it, the only
0: one I've ever seen. The only one I've ever seen is the original, the first where, one, you know, the Statue of Liberty at the end. So,
1: yeah, that's they pretty much just stuck to the first one. Um, oh, really? I, yeah, I don't think he favors the newer ones. Very, I like both. Yeah, and yeah. I'm just now sitting on eleven. And kind of arguing with myself, we're getting into afternoon now, but whether I should roll them over into tomorrow, because now I really want to sit down and watch Planet of the Apes again. I've got it on my hard drive. I've got them all. It's been quite a while. And damn it, I should have sent him a voicemail, because he brought up something. Not really a spoiler. Was He can remember after seeing that, because I did the same thing too. And I'm like, I should send them this, but I didn't. And now I'm kicking myself was, I want to say it was General Ordo. He was one of the gorillas that, yeah, just kind of, Rose said he can remember going different places with his parents walking like an ape. And I was doing the (laughs) same thing because of Dr. Cornelius. Yeah. And yeah, that's what we had before Star Wars.
0: Okay, real quick while we're talking Plan of the Age. I'm not sure if he's still doing it or not, but, um, shoot, now I'm trying to think of his name. He's a comedian, but he started his own YouTube channel, and it was called Hanging with Dr. Z. And basically what he, Dana Gould, there you go, his name's Dana Gould. Okay. He he dresses up like Dr. Zayas and it's like a talk show format. It's, the videos are usually under 10 minutes long, but he, he has a different guest every show, like a star every show. And he sits there and talks so him, asks some ridiculous questions, and it's just funny. So if you're ever on YouTube, I think there's two seasons of Hanging with Dr. Z. It's a real quick watch. Like I said, they're under 10 minutes long. And I'm really hoping he he has a third season because I really enjoyed them and thought they were fun. So
1: try to seek that out if you want. Yeah, I will take a look at that.
0: But yeah, it's, it, it is kind of funny. I think, I think he even had one episode of hanging with Dr. Z where he interviewed himself. The guest was Dana Gould. So, <laughs> he's actually talking to himself. So, it, it was pretty fun. Alrighty. But yeah, if that's, if that's all we got this week, I think we're almost there. Yep. To the finish line. Okay, so that was our episode for this week on The Force Awakens. And of course, next week, it's going to be The Last Jedi and then after that Rise of Skywalker so come back next week when we talk about Last Jedi in some fans opinion best Star Wars movie ever in some fans opinion the worst Star, Star Wars movie ever so come back next week and hear our memories about seeing that one for the first time in our thoughts on the, is it a good movie or a bad movie so do you have anything else left there to add to our feet?
1: No, sir. We went and done it. Okay. Yep. And as always, until next time.
0: I have spoken. Give the evacuation code signal. Thank you for stopping by the cafe life is all about passions thank you for lending me your ear while I shared all of mine you can follow the blue milk cafe on twitter at that bmc pod you can follow the facebook group the bmc pod you can also email the blue milk cafe that bmc pod at gmail.com and remember blue milk it does a body good